Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 492. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 830 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually and providing competitive salaries and benefits to 240 team members based in Watsonville, California, and Miami, Florida. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. For each podcast episode this year, we will also thank three of our major sponsors. Our first sponsor thanks goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. I don't know about you, but I've got spring gardening on my mind. The hellebores are already blooming. The daffodil bulbs are pushing out of the soil an inch or so. I can even see the tiniest bump of my peonies' deep maroon tips at the crown of each plant. So sure, we're still 39 days until spring arrives, but who's going to let the calendar hold us back, right? A major spring ritual for me has always been participation in local and national garden and flower festivals. Sadly, this year, the closest thing to an indoor spring garden show is going to take place over Zoom. And that's what you can find in today's show notes, the replay video of our February 5th Slow Flowers member virtual meetup featuring two of our members who are major hellebore experts. More than 50 of you joined the session live, and if you missed it, no worries. You can watch the replay video and learn volumes about what to grow, how to grow, how and when to harvest, and how to design with hellebores. Thank you to Pam Youngsman of Poppy Starts, Inc. and Riz Reyes of RHR Horticulture for a fantastic presentation. You can watch that uh, video in today's show notes. Another perennial ritual of spring is the arrival of a new crop of gardening books. Here at Slow Flowers Podcast, we know we have as many gardener florists as farmer florists who listen and learn. And today I'm happy to welcome first-time authors Sean and Allison McManus of Spoken Garden. This talented husband and wife duo are busy behind the microphone and the camera, teaching ornamental gardening to beginning and curious home gardeners. They have spent the past year writing The First-Time Gardener, Growing Plants and Flowers. The book will be released in March, and one lucky listener will win a copy for their bookshelf. Listen to the end of the episode to hear how you can add your name to our random drawing and giveaway. Sean and Allison McManus are the gardening pros behind the popular website, YouTube channel, and podcast called Spoken Garden. They offer clear, fact-based information presented in a friendly and accessible way. 
With step-by-step instructions and full-color illustrations, new gardeners will learn how to select, plant, and tend for outdoor plants. The best techniques, how to mulch correctly, pruning do's and don'ts, tips for effective eco-friendly gardening, and much more in the pages of The First Time Gardener, Growing Plants and Flowers. Here's a little bit more about Sean and Allison. Sean has a master's in environmental horticulture from Washington State University and possesses several other horticulture, landscaping, and garden-related certificates. He has over eight years of experience in industrial garden maintenance and more than 12 years of experience operating a private landscape and consulting company. With over two decades in the field, he dreams to fulfill his lifelong passion for educating others about horticulture and gardening. Allison has a master's in teaching and is a national board certified middle school science educator. Through trial and error over the past 10 years, she has successfully maintained several vegetable gardens and beds full of flowers. She loves attracting all kinds of pollinators and is proud of the fact that their yard is a certified wildlife habitat. Allison has a passion for photography, animals, writing, traveling, creating content, and lifelong learning. You can learn more from this talented duo by subscribing to the Spoken Garden podcast and watching their daily content on Spoken Garden's YouTube channel. And I'll have a link for those in today's show notes. You can also sign up for Sean and Allison's 30-Day Garden Boot Camp, and I'll have that link as well. It's free. I know you'll enjoy their story and be inspired to add to your ornamental garden this spring. So let's jump right in and get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited today to introduce a husband and wife team, Allison and Sean McManus. They have their own business called Spoken Garden, and it's got a podcast too, right? Yeah. Yep. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi. Thanks for having us. Hi, everybody. Yeah, hi we're super excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're looking at each other on Zoom, but we had an interesting um, rem- little bit of reminiscing just now about the last time we were together it was about a year ago wasn't it it was, it was yeah, yeah. can't remember if it was february or january but right february, yeah. right year. before the northwest flower and garden festival yeah and we're kind of neighbors i know <laughs> yeah, just, just down the road from each other uh, well, we're uh, the reason I invited Sean and Allison to come on today is that they have a brand new book coming out called Growing Plants and Flowers, and it's a perfect topic for a perfect time. I don't even think you could have a pre- predicted why it was so perfect when you first told me you were working on this book, but um, with COVID, it's you know so perfectly timed. So why don't you give us a snapshot, a little snapshot about the book, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, all the things we love, which is growing flowers. Growing flowers. Growing flowers, I know. Yeah, all those new gardeners out there, especially from the pandemic. Yeah, um, our um, our book is called The First Time Gardener, Growing Plants and Flowers. All the know-how you need to plant and tend outdoor areas using eco-friendly methods. I love it. It's just, a long title. Just a catchy phrase. <laughs> <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. But you're right. I didn't mention the, 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 the first part of the title is The First Time Gardener, and that's sort of been your audience all along uh, through your your YouTube channel and your podcast, right? Yes, we definitely want to help beginning gardeners, but we feel like the book can also benefit a wider audience as well. Oh, totally. I mean, well, I also, I I think so too. And we'll, we'll share a couple, you know, interior spreads for people to see on the, um, on the show notes for today's episode. But uh, I was looking at it too and thinking what you've, you have, it is, 
updated information, even for, for people who think they know how to garden, because maybe they have been, but you're in, integrating a lot of sustainable practices, I noticed, in, um, and also like uh, addi- additional information about uh, pollinators. Maybe people who've gardened for a long time just haven't like gotten, you know, caught up on those, those practices. Yeah, that's true. Our book is such a, a range of topics, really. You know, it's, it's a very broad view of a lot of different gardening practices. Yeah, we, we tried to come at it from an overview of someone coming in to gardening, wanting to know more, but not really understanding really how plants grow, what they need to grow, how to, how to handle them, what to do, what impacts them. I mean, the environment surrounding them and how that impacts them versus how they impact themselves and the environment. Again, you know, outwardly, it, it's an interesting thing. And a lot of people don't understand that, especially with soil and moisture and heat. And it's, it's just, it's amazing to think about all those things. So we tried to come at it from a broad view and bring all those things together to explain it uh, to a new garden. Yeah, I'm just looking at the table of contents here. It's just kind of a natural progression of how you would get started and work your way through. Um, You know, like, I'm sure that people just want to get started and plant right away, but you're kind of slowing them, you're slowing them down a little bit and saying, let's talk about the basics first. (laughs) That is so true. We get a lot of questions on YouTube and they just want instant gratification, instant answers. And I want to do this right now. I know, and they're great questions, but it's helpful to understand more of that broader scope. To get that foundation is really important. A lot of people like, just jump, just jump in. Let's do it. It's like, well, you're going to get more out of it if you understand it a little bit more first. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think people do um, maybe cheat a little bit and just go buy that (laughs) flat of, you know, I don't know, primroses at Home Depot, which is what we're seeing right now. And yeah, you can do that. But that's a little bit different than committing to a garden. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's interesting. You really zeroed in on ornamental, uh, gardening and, and there's no vegetable to be seen in this book, right? No, no. <laughs> it's our forte. We don't really speak to, I mean, we love growing vegetables, mm-hmm. but it's not what we teach. Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's back up a little bit and talk, we'll, we'll talk about spoken garden and like, what it, what is your mission for your platform and what you want to teach? Because it's multifaceted and, You've kind of built this this I think more than national community of of fans who who want to learn from you. Yeah, um, our mission um, is to help anyone out there become a better gardener, whether they're a beginning gardener or they're even intermediate. They've got a couple of years of experience under their belt. We just want to give them the information to help them become better at what they're already doing. Mm-hmm. And so we break all the information up into snippets of easy to understand information. Uh, very digestible, and um, whether it's seasonal or it's uh, it's more perennial type of information, that's our goal is to use all that to help them become a better gardener. Yeah. So yeah, so talk about the pieces. How do people how do people find you and plug in, and uh, <laughs> how are you training them to consume your your educational content? That. We have so many platforms right now. Mm-hmm. We, you know, it's funny, we started with the podcast and Sean can speak more to that, but kind of evolved into the blog. And we've really actually since COVID have, we kind of pushed ourselves into video and I YouTube noticed that. has mm-hmm. become our main platform now. So when we met last year, well, we met at, at the Garden Com conference, but we had, we had our Panera lunch. You <laughs> told me the story, Sean, of how you kind of launched this new facet of what has been a lifelong 
horticultural career, but that this sort of going on into the media world was pretty recent for you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've grown up with uh, with uh, plants, mainly rhododendrons. Uh, growing up, my family had a rhododendron farm, and it just progressed over many years. And I was supposed to take it over, but it didn't happen. And but I kept going with my my horticulture uh, education, and uh, through many many years, uh, I came to the conclusion and many jobs, I came to the conclusion that I wanted to speak about what I knew. I wanted to talk to just anybody out there um, that wanted to know more about gardening. And so I started the podcast with the idea of, I've got all this stuff in my head. I want to talk about it. So I'm going to talk about it. And so <laughs> I, I started uh, doing it in the fall of, uh, I started podcasting on Anchor in the fall of 2017. And it's just kind of gone from there. And now we've grown to where we are today. Wow. Did you always call it Spoken Garden? Yeah, actually. That's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I like know, that. That's cool. <laughs> we started that's so interesting. You know, most people are have a little bit of um, stage fright, but it doesn't strike oh. me that you do. <laughs> oh, I did. Really? <laughs> I, I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, when we started on Anchor, when I started recording on Anchor, it was on my phone and I'd go through, you know, five or 10 takes at a time for one episode and um, yeah, it was an interesting setup. So, but you get over it, you work through it and, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit better, I think. <laughs> I think so. I think your voice is very easy on the ear too. I think that's oh, part of it. Um, when did, when did you start becoming a part of the cast, uh, Allison? And oh, I love that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fun one. I actually come from education. I was a science teacher for about 13 years and I don't want to talk negatively about that profession. Yeah. I learned so much and grew so much, but I wasn't happy yeah. and I just needed more. And I loved what Sean had started. And I just wanted, we really wanted to figure out a way to work together and move forward. And I think that's how we combined forces and created the website and then the blog and kind of went on from there. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a really fun learning experience. It's been, you know, a lot of trial and error. Like we try a lot of things. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. But the podcast and YouTube have been kind of the mainstay. Yeah. So the podcast was what you were really putting your energy into when we, we got together a year ago. And then, um, uh, and I, I don't think you've abandoned that, but you, you've added a lot of video into your mix now, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, definitely yeah. because of COVID, it really launched us into video. Hmm. We were both kind of behind the camera people. That's where we're comfortable. So that <laughs> that was kind yeah. of a challenge. Yeah, a lot, lot more behind the scenes last year at, at this time than uh, right now. But uh, we've, we've learned to just jump in front of the camera and just get it out there. And it's been fun it's because been we've done educational videos on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. And then we've done, and those have been standalones. And then we've started dailies. And we've actually, we're over 300 days of doing a daily garden video uh, for our audience. It's, oh my it's gosh. Yeah. Of COVID. I can't believe you even had time to talk to me today. I, I saw oh, that, oh. I saw that on your bio, but I didn't, I didn't quite realize it was that frequent. So a lot. we're, we're just, hmm. we're kind of debating. We're like, well, we want to make it to one year because that would be a really fun milestone. Yes. But the dailies take a lot of time and energy away from other pursuits and we love them. We're not going to stop YouTube. This is definitely our main platform now, really. It's pretty much our largest audience. It right is. Now. Yeah. Wait, so how long is the daily video? Is it just like one take? Like you just turn on the oh. camera and talk or? <laughs> I wish it was we that wish. easy. We're both perfectionists. <laughs> 
Oh man. What usually um, the videos end up being anywhere between what, five and 15 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we do a short video on Mondays. I mean, that's yeah. just kind of our schedule. Yep, and the shorts are something new for YouTube. Uh, they're, they're competing with um, TikTok. And so they're under a minute. Oh. The shorts are. So it's just something that just really get out there, fast information, yeah. make it fun. And then and that's it. Just And also people are consuming information. So in such short bites that maybe that's the only time they have is to quickly watch a, a little, little idea from you. Mm -hmm. To be honest, those are the hardest videos. To they shoot. are. They're really hard. I, I totally agree. I used to say that to one of my editors, like it's so much harder to write a 100 word article than a thousand word article because oh, yeah. every word has to carry so much weight. And like for you, every second has to carry so much weight. It has to be so intentional. Yeah, there's but... so much more planning that goes into the the shorts and the under a minute videos than there, than there are They're usually really in the longer videos. Brilliant. So where's your studio? Where are you guys based? And tell us a little bit about the Spoken Garden uh, home garden. Oh, yay. It's always in development. We'll yeah. say that. Um, <laughs> studio wise, we're pretty, we kind of live in our office. That's yep. where we are right we now. Are. Um, Sean uh, records the podcast. We haven't been doing as many longer um, together podcasts, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of basically due to time, mm -hmm. but we have a video studio kind of thrown together um, in a different room of our house. So we're yeah, that's part of our studio, mm -hmm. I guess. And are you guys based in Pierce County? I know you're real close to where I live in South King County, but I know you're some we're somewhat close to each other, right? Yeah, yeah. we're Tacoma, Pierce yeah. County. Yeah. Okay. East Tacoma. Yeah. But your garden is one of is your studio too, right? Like you're shooting oh, outside. Oh yeah. That's a good point. I yeah. kind of forget For, the front yard, backyard. We even built our own little greenhouse and uh yeah, we're we're doing a terrace project coming up here this spring. So we definitely call our our garden front and backyard as just our teaching lab. Okay, you know, it's it's where we do all of our videos. We don't go anywhere else to shoot. So that kind of probably allows the viewer to feel really connected to you. Like, oh, they're not mocking something up. This is really what they're doing in their garden at this moment in time. I mean, that's absolutely love that yeah, on our dailies. I mean. Uh, all of our dailies are basically us just out there accomplishing whatever we need to accomplish that day out in our garden. And everybody that watches gets to come with us and experience it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, That's amazing. Is your garden looking better now? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's in flux. Yeah. Now, yeah there's, we've, we found there's more projects now than ever that we want to get done um, since we started these dailies. I know there's, so. it's really, it's actually motivated us really. Mm -hmm. to... Yeah. Also, you probably, before you started this, you got up and left and went to other jobs and your garden probably didn't get much attention at all. And, exactly. uh, it didn't. wow. Exactly. Well, I feel like, uh, the, the timing couldn't have been better for a new book for first time gardeners. When your publicist sent me the the press release about the book coming out. And I kind of knew in the back of my mind that you were doing this. Um, he used to figure for uh, stating that 21 million new people started gardening in 2020 due to COVID. Mm -hmm. You had started working on this book before COVID, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Did it change? Like, I'm sure you started hearing from people who were discovering your podcast and then subsequently your video. Like, did you realize that you had all of a sudden this bigger audience that you had to make sure you helped succeed through, you know, just through so many people staying at home and trying to garden all of a sudden? That's such a good question. Yeah, I, I can't really, 
I can't really say when we actually realized it, but we did realize that maybe at least halfway through writing the book, if not about three quarters mm-hmm. of the way. And we just started really, yeah, that was our focus. It's like, if we're at home and we don't know how to garden yet, what do we want to know? Mm-hmm. And so we tried to infuse that into our book. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I didn't yep. think of it that way. We were so just focused on the book. I feel like mm-hmm. that was what kind of got us through that first part of COVID. Right. No. I mean, it was like, we, it was like you had no social life, so you could stay home and write your book. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I think it's what, whatever, you know, negative there was in 2020, there's definitely some silver linings for oh. people in the gardening space and space. And I think what, what I looked, what I was really particularly interested in seeing what um, the first time gardeners growing plants and flowers book is featuring is, um, you are integrating your videos into the book. Like I haven't seen many authors do. So there's section, like you'll have a section and then there's a little box that says, watch our video for more. And so, uh, the reader of the book is going to get like so much bang for their buck. They're, they've got your written book, but then what, like how many of those videos have you produced and what kind of content are they getting? Is it just stuff that doesn't, is it hard to put in words so it's easier to demonstrate with a video or? I think that's a really good way to put it because there, as, you know, as gardeners, all of us, like it is so much easier to watch sometimes than read. And we all love writing. So I think it is those concepts that we really felt, you know what, we, we just want to show them. And we want to let them know more that that visual learning is so important. And Alice can speak more to that. Definitely. Um, but we, we wanted to literally dig deeper into those topics to get our audience, to get the reader even more enthusiastic, um, to just really give them that meat of information so they could then apply it to their garden. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. So how many of those did you uh, in, infuse into the book? Like, a, There's one per chapter, okay. one dig deeper. So we have eight videos total. Okay, wow. Just oh, on top we, of everything else. I know we're yeah. actually still working on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we'll okay, we won't. We're, we're not going to hold you to it. But um, the pub date is March 9th. Yes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you've got a month. I know. It's like, yeah. um, we need to get on those. <laughs> a couple more to make. We're almost there. Yeah. But, are you? Um, are you? Um, just like uh, yeah, it's like bringing the concepts, the written concepts, to life with. Uh, a video and it doesn't sound like you have to have super polished high production value value even though you both say you're perfectionists it's down and dirty like you know the stuff i've seen on youtube that you're doing is you know you're you're you don't have like a manicure you're doing this with gloves oh. or your fingernails are dirty and you know get out and do it yeah, this is real life yeah. stuff and we're not yeah, we're not sugarcoating it for anybody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we want to make it as real and authentic as possible yep, and applicable as possible so do you get a lot of messages from people um, just asking questions about maybe something you've covered in a podcast or how do you, oh, yeah. how do you manage that? Uh, we, we do get a lot of questions about um, many different things that we cover almost on every video now. I don't, um, I don't know so much about the podcast though. We don't, like we've had oh, some I emails guess, yeah. over time. Excuse me. Yeah. Oh, but on, on YouTube where they watch the video, then there's a comment section. So right. that's probably where you're getting the comments, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. And we've gotten, we've gotten questions um, about greenhouses, you know, what should I use my new, I know that was uh, my new hobby greenhouse for, which is super cool. 
Um, it's like they bought did. the greenhouse, but then didn't have a plan for it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and at one point, one of them was, was a gift. Yeah. This this lady got one as a gift for Christmas. And now she's like, I want to use it, but I don't I know what to do. And so we're like, yeah, we'll do a video on that. We, we did. actually that just did one. Video, yeah, um, yeah there's so cool. things about, yeah, about pruning. We get questions about... Um, uh, planting and cuttings. We've done a lot of actual cuttings. Yeah, yeah, propagation videos. It's been fun. A lot of plant and flower care. I mean, it's our yeah. wheelhouse, right? It goes right along with our book. And mm -hmm. um, we try to get back to them as timely as we can and yeah. and help them out, hopefully. That's interesting. You know, I, I'm thinking about how the Slow Flowers audience and community would overlap with um, with what you're doing. And I really think what we're seeing happen is the per people in the floral industry who have traditionally just been consumers of cut flowers, like um, florists who are buying wholesale for their their design business, or you know flower enthusiasts who are buying arrangements. There, that population who loves flowers but has never grown or gardened is waking up to the fact that they can do that too and get access to things that maybe aren't commercially available uh, as a cut flower, but might, might be available for their ornamental garden. Um, and it's also, you know, it's sort of igniting this other population of, of flower gardeners who don't intend on having a farm, but they just want to have a selection to clip mm -hmm. from for a, you know, a special arrangement or for themselves. Um, then I feel like that's what your book is good for as well. It's just breaking down the basics. Like you don't have to have acreage to right. enjoy oh, a yeah. cutting garden. Oh yeah. Totally. You can have a tiny little container and still grow a little cutting garden. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can be very creative, right? Yeah. Our, but, our book will really focus on, you know, the plants needs to get it to be healthy. And then after people get that foundation, they can really drill down uh, from a couple other sources on how to get that length of stem, how to get the flowers super, super big, if it's not already super big. But our our book will definitely give uh, anybody out there wanting to grow cut flowers or just ornamental flowers in general, a good basis foundation to uh, and grow from. Yeah, you, I mean, it's it, it's also that, uh, you know, those of us who are close to this and, and have been lifelong gardeners, it's really easy to just make these assumptions that everybody oh. knows. What is an annual? What is a perennial? Like oh, yeah. you, you completely break that down. You mm -hmm. talk about form. You, I, I really like the way you talk about just, um, again, this is back to the, to slowing people down when they want to dive in and just start planting, but like assess your garden or your space, oh, yeah. know your soil, know what kind of cultural conditions you have and then make smart choices about what you plant because you're trying to set people up for success. So oh, yeah. for the long term too, it's not a short term, again, <laughs> that instant gratification. Mm -hmm. This is something you're going to cultivate over years, hopefully. And part of our book too is we, we know from our own experiences and you know our families and friends and stuff, people know what they want. They, they look, they go to a a nursery and they say, I want that. I want this. I want that over there. But they don't know yet what they already have in their garden. And that's a pretty big component to figure out first before you go and try and find what you want. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So that's, yeah. So that's something I tried to. You mean like um, just backing up and doing an, like an assessment or an evaluation or an inventory mm -hmm. of what you have that, before you yeah, dive in? That's, that's exactly yeah. what we call it in the book is do your inventory, do your garden inventory. <laughs> figure all that out beforehand, then go see what else you can add to it. And that's coming, like we said, from personal experience, we have tons of friends that will just go buy all this stuff at Home Depot or wherever. And mm -hmm. 
and they get it home and they're like, hey, I don't know how to plant it. I don't know where it should go. It pro- this Maybe this one plant shouldn't even go in this spot or. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, yeah they get a plant and they don't have a, a full shade area, but they have a full shade plant. So it's, they just went and bought a full shade plant. It's like they get home and go, now what? <laughs> right. Never, I mean, it happens to everybody, right? Right. So, well, I I really liked how you started the book with the introduction, where you kind of put yourself in the shoes of a, like a typical uh, curious wannabe gardener, where you said, you know, like imagine you painted this picture of like what you would do uh, in the morning when you walked out to your garden space and uh, did a little deadheading and um, checked the water levels, or, you know, check the moisture levels of certain plants. And like you painted this picture of a confident gardener. And then you, you said, this isn't just a daydream. You can have this. And I, I think mm-hmm. you tapped into sort of this visceral issue that, uh, People who, you know, want to be gardeners or see those plants that you said they want to have that in their garden, but they're like, I don't have the, I don't have the skills to do this. And you're just giving them permission to learn and to to do it. Exactly. It's great. So how did you divide up the writing? Like, um, (laughs) (laughs) like who wrote that passage? (laughs) You know, writing a book number one, super, you know, challenging, just especially Mm -hmm. being brand new authors, but then there's two of us. Yeah. Uh, um, and we have two completely different writing do. styles. Okay. Um, so yeah. how'd that go? <laughs> well, you probably had an editor who helped you through that process. We did. Well, yeah. We did. It's yeah. Kind of, you know, it's funny. It's kind of a blur at this moment. Yeah. I'm trying to think how we did this. Like Sean, Sean is definitely the expert in the horticulture sense. Cause that's not my background, but I had some writing experience. Oh, yeah. So we kind of, I don't know. It's like he would start the concepts, get it all in place, then I would kind of come through and add some more kind of um, design or color or mm-hmm. like, you just well, and, and Allison would come in and kind of tone down the technical <laughs> jargon that I would just kind of just put out there. Sure. And so, yeah, it was really helpful because, I mean, I can look at it and go, oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly what that means. You know, it's like anybody coming in, just starting, they're going to look at them and go, is this still English? What is he talking about? <laughs> I, that's, so, you know, that's funny. I forgot. That's how I described it to a lot of my friends. I kind of translated <laughs> what Sean said. Into, like the whole intro was probably, I think I might have written that. It's it was kind of based on our yeah. ideas. So that was more of my writing style. Yeah. And then, so you, yeah. Well, and yeah, you're, you're, your inclination to Sean might be to write a textbook, <laughs> but basically the person buying this book is like, uh afraid of textbooks <laughs> so. oh, exactly. yeah. oh yeah my, my writing style yeah is a it's a combination of like undergraduate and then definitely graduate work because that was my that was my last my thesis was basically my last um um written manuscript and wow so was, it was highly technical it was about so, cut flower production yeah it, it was about cut flower production cool. but it was um it was highly technical over 100 pages of graphs and oh my uh, goodness oh yeah so i mean that was my last that was my last uh, writing opportunity until we really started getting in here. And then to do this, I mean, it, it was, was it was definitely an eye opener. And I'm so thankful Allison is here to tone it down. Well, that's I mean, I think I think it's really interesting that you are a team. And um, in that same um, survey that came out with with um, uh, the press release for your book, there was some other uh, interesting metric about the number of men like a greater than half of uh, percent, greater than 50% of those 21 million are men. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. I've never, I don't think we've been in a period of time ever before 
I mean, in, in the ornamental garden space or the home backyard garden space where so many men were getting involved. So I think that makes you doubly important as, as communicators, like, you know, you're showing people, look, this is something couples can do together or just something guys can do. And um, a lot of guys, yeah, a lot of guys, they like to get out there and line trim and mow, but some of the finer things in gardening, they might not be comfortable doing or don't want to do at all. And yeah, we, we've seen actually on our YouTube, um, our YouTube audience, it's almost right down the middle for the audience, which yeah. is what we thought was very interesting too. Did you think it would be mostly women when yeah. you started? Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think that, I think that is the surprise of the year is how many, cause it's, oh, I saw, I, I actually saw another survey that came out, um, from trees.com that also talked about men, uh, um, like, oh, something like 71% of new, new gardeners in during COVID were men. I was like, okay, that's wow. cool. Right. That's really cool. So cool. Yeah. All right, guys. So, <laughs> so Sean, wait, you went to Washington state university for your master's in horticulture, right? Uh-huh. And what was the master's thesis about? I'm so intrigued. Oh my gosh. Now I have to remember this. Um, it was field and post-harvest production. Oh, no, cut flower production and post-harvest analysis of 10. Yeah, it was 10 uh, annual cut flower species in Eastern Washington. I think that could be a book too. <laughs> well, it, it ended up being, yeah, it was a long, it was a lot of pages, but we could probably drone down the, yeah, we could get down the graphs and the analysis, but, but it was fun because I had 10 different species out in field production um, on one of the properties of the university. I built rows and irrigation and mm. I even did my own, um, my own fertilizing pest control. I harvested about every week. And got some really good results, if I remember right. Yeah, there were zinnias, celosia, gomfrina, all sorts of stuff. It was cool. Hmm. What inspired you to, since you had been raised on a rhododendron nursery, clearly not a cut flower for, I mean, I've used it in arrangements, <laughs> but not as, not as like commercially available as a cut. Like what possessed you to, to go down that path? Did you think about being a flower farmer at some point? At some point I did, yeah. Wow. Or I wanted, I wanted to work for a wholesaler or something like that, um, definitely at the end of my research. But, um, you know, didn't happen, and that's fine. That's but, okay. Um, we'll get you back yeah. into it. <laughs> yeah, it, it'd be great. I would I would love for us to, to grow our own flowers. Someday, you know, it'd be great. A lot more space. I mean, I wanted to get into breeding uh, for a PhD program, um, but mm-hmm. that just that didn't happen. But, yeah, I mean, it, it really spurred me on to do a lot of different things that I never thought I would do. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, so really fun. Wow. Okay, that's a little secret about this author. <laughs> oh, cool. And then Allison, and then Allison comes along, and you have this ability to educate, and you're you're kind of burned out on being a teacher, but you have this. You call yourself a science nerd, right? We both oh, are. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so it's it's you're basically just changing your audience, but you're probably still your teaching styles probably hasn't changed. Like the way you help people understand complicated information and um, feel like, I don't know, not not afraid of, of diving in. I think that that's coming across really well in the way you're writing and speaking and uh, educating on, on awesome. online. You make it fun. Good, oh, yay, that's you. our yeah, goal. That's, that's our that's, goal, yeah. That, and that, that's funny, that does sound like me when I taught all my middle school kids for so long. So you had to keep them so engaged every second. So I feel like I'm kind of bringing that to our team, <laughs> keeping, you know, 
I don't know, keeping it interesting and fun and anybody can do this. Just put your mind into it and have fun with it. And that's so cool. Wow. Okay. So I know that you said it's all a blur to do the book. I've been there. It's like, I remember when my kids were little, they're like, mommy, please don't do another book. <laughs> we want you back. <laughs> now, you know, now it doesn't matter. But, you know, there were times when I felt a lot of guilt about that. And uh, because it's all consuming and you have a de- and you have a deadline and you're just like grinding. Um, so now that that's over, you're going to start talking about the book and sharing it more. Where do you think that's going to lead you for the, for 2021? Or do you, do you have to just get, get it out there in the, into the world in about, you know, three or four weeks? I know yeah. we were, we talk about this a lot because COVID mm-hmm. has really hampered kind of our ability to get out in front of people. It and really we're, we are kind of, or not even kind of, we are such a new company still mm-hmm. that we don't know that many people yet. So our name, nobody really knows who we are. Yeah. If that makes sense. Now, so. well, we'll help, we'll help spread it through the Soul Flowers community at least. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, your YouTube channel is probably, um, it, it's probably transformed uh, your, your, I don't know, your brand in terms of just how you're communicating visually, not just with the oh, spoken yeah. word. Right. Oh, yeah. And so, so that you can build on that, I suppose, uh, since you have a regular subscribers who watch, they'll know about the book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've talked about it with them a couple of times. We announced unofficially back this summer, uh, with that, but yeah, we, we try to integrate that into some of the things we talk about, uh, the daily topics, and uh, the standalone videos, mm-hmm. the teaching videos, because um, there's a lot to gain out of that. There's a lot to gather out of the book uh, that we can definitely expand on more, especially with the deep, uh, the dig deepers that we're doing anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Do you are you thinking about what what next book you'll do, or are you just gonna uh, enjoy yourselves for a while? <laughs> we are throwing some ideas around um, just because we thought, you know what, we really did enjoy this whole process. Mm -hmm. You know, it was such a cool, I got to do all the photography for the book. So yes, I wanted to compliment you on that. That is amazing, Allison. Wow. It was an amazing experience and taking me beyond what I ever thought I could do, you know, and my confidence level. I mean, just getting out there, I broke my camera halfway through one shoot. (laughs) I mean, there were so many just funny things that happened. You did turn Sean into a hand model too, I noticed. He was a hand model. Yes. I think you have a future career in that. (laughs) Like every tool shot or every potting (laughs) shot, there's Sean's hands because... Because Allison's behind the camera. Yeah, but the format of having a printed uh, book that has support from video and audio is brilliant, and I think you oh, you you, you, you will you will go on to the next thing and and have that you know all those vehicles and the different media that you can share information. And I think what you said, Sean, about how people learn, uh, some learn visually that. Mm-hmm. That's and yes, there's beautiful photos in the book, but that animated component of a video mm-hmm. is different. So go for it. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you're ready to announce, but at least the people who are listening to this podcast can go onto your website and subscribe to your newsletter, right? Or your yes. your oh, yeah. updates and um, be the first to find out what's next. <laughs> maybe you can, I don't know, get your, it's spring. You've got to probably have a lot of things to do in your garden. And and the thing is you're just turning every one of your garden chores into a lesson. Basically. Yep, yep, pretty yep. Much. Yep. 
Wow, that's great. Well, thank you to Quarto and Cool Springs Press. They're giving us a book to do a giveaway. So yeah, uh, I think we'll probably post a question on the show notes for today's episode and uh, let people uh, answer a question. And then we'll, you know, after a week, we'll do a drawing or something like that. So I'll keep you posted that on that. Now. What questions should we, what questions should we ask people? <laughs> um, I keep thinking cut flowers, something to do with cut flowers. Okay. And how that roll into our book? I well, mean, can. yeah, we could do that. We could say, um, you know, what do you wish you knew when you were a beginning gardener? Cause it's probably mm -hmm. in growing plants one. and flowers. Oh yeah. All right, we'll yeah. do that. We'll, we'll I like that. We'll share it on the show notes, and uh, if you want to enter to be in, it's a random drawing. We'll collect all the names, and um, and somebody will be lucky enough to get this book. The rest of you can follow Sean and Allison on all their platforms, and I'll share, I'll share those details too. Um, I'm just so happy for you both. Congratulations! Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for having. Me. You bet. Any closing um, words of wisdom you want to share with this, the Slow Flowers audience? Um, whatever. Yeah, whatever level you're at, um, you can always learn more. And um, because growing plants and flowers, growing just flowers for cut flowers, um, it's always changing. It might seem like it's different or sorry, it might seem like it's the same year in, year out. But because our environment changes, because our needs change, that means the plants change too. So we can, uh, cause we're all a big system. So um, yeah, and that's part of our book too. We're all part of a big system. And so, yeah, just realize that there's always more to learn. It's never too late to learn stuff and just keep an open mind. And I would say, just don't be, don't be afraid to try. Yeah. Try something new and don't be scared. Just get out there and do it. Yeah. I love it. That's so great. Thank you both so much. This has been so much fun. And um, so I think it'll inspire the beginning, the beginning flower growers who are listening to this, as well as people who have beginners in their, in their lives that they want to, you know, this book will be a great thing to give to a first time homeowner or a young couple or, you know, somebody just starting out, uh, you know, with the first plot of land they've got. So Oh yeah. Can't yeah. wait to get this book in people's hands. We just yep. want to help and just get the word out. Great. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you, Deborah. Thank you. so much for joining me today as Sean and Allison McManus shared their encouragement for beginning gardeners and actually for anyone who wants to develop a more enriching and fulfilling ornamental garden. If you want to be added to the giveaway drawing for their new book, The First Time Gardener, Growing Plants and Flowers, be sure to post a comment in the show notes at deborahprinzing.com for episode 492. And tell us what did you wish you knew when you were a beginning gardener? Our next sponsor thank you goes to Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Before we wrap, I have a couple of important announcements. Coming up on Thursday, February 18th at 2 p.m. Eastern, Slow Flowers is teaming up with Johnny's Selected Seeds to produce a free webinar for flower farmers, farmer florists, and floral designers interested in knowing more about 
our floral insights and industry forecast for 2021. I'll be joining Johnny's flower team, Hilary Alger and Joy Longfellow, as we dive into current and upcoming themes in the floral marketplace. We will review four of the top insights from the SoFlowers 2021 forecast and hear more from Hillary, who will share findings from Johnny's recent survey of flower seed customers. They are commercial cut flower farmers. We have a nice back and forth discussion planned. And as a bonus, Hillary is going to share an update about seed supply and new floral variety breeding programs. You may have already registered, and if so, I'll see you there. As of today's air date, the event is full, but Johnny's will have a complete recording available for replay on Monday, February 22nd, and I'll share it with you in a future episode. And registration is open for the Flurvana Virtual Summit, March 5th through 7th, focusing on sustainability and regeneration, which also takes place online. Robin Avni, my partner in Bloom Imprint, and I have developed a new course for aspiring floral book authors with a presentation called The Journey from Blog to Book. The course is designed for every creative person we've met who dreams of sharing their art, craftsmanship, and aesthetic in a book. Registration is free, and there are also options to purchase larger packages. Check out the link to register in today's show notes, and again, I hope to see you there. Our final sponsor thanks goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 688,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much as our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry. The momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging on to iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.